Yo, Eddie. Hey. What are your thoughts on the Star Wars films in general? Are you a fan? I'm a big fan of the Star Wars franchise. Kinda yeah. Grew up with them. Um. Yeah. Was really into. Was really into it. Oh, that's great. I am a Fairweather Star Wars fan, by which I mean I never necessarily fell deep into the lore. I never watched like the Clone Wars. Uh, I watched the movies, some of them just once, and moved on with my life. So when the sequels got all this backlash and hate from like diehard fans, I was kind of surprised because I was just like, I thought they were fine movies, you know, like. This is an unpopular opinion, but the original Star Wars, I don't think they were ever that great to begin with. Um, no I, comment? I want a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's just me and Eddie today, and we are talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, the Star Wars prequels. I'm Rolando. And I'm Eddie. And this is Remakes, Reboots, and Revivals, an original podcast about unoriginality. unoriginality. All right. Another week without Nicole. But, uh, yes, sorry, guys. But she's in... Uh, Disney World living her best life. <laughs> As or- we talk about a Disney property, right, she's actually on Disney's property. That's true. Yeah, look at that. You you planned that one out, didn't you? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, she's living her best life uh, being a musketeer or something. I don't know. Maybe she decided, I want to be a Disney princess going forward. Uh, who knows? But, Nicole, we wish you the best, and we can't wait to have you back who knows? I don't even know. <laughs> She'll come back next week. <laughs> I don't even. Are we recording next week? I don't even know. Well, we'll find out. But yeah. she's coming back. She'll be back eventually. She'll be back. Before we kick off the episode, I do want to talk about some news. Uh, news, news. Yeah, that's news, right. We haven't news, done the news, 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 news song. News, I don't even think that was. A, I don't. That wasn't news, just like. News, news. Yeah, and Nicole knows how to do it. It's like. News, news. Uh, well, whatever. The point is, I have some news. We rare, we haven't kicked off an episode with news in so long, but I don't have anything in front of me. I'm just gonna go based off of the hearsay I have read online. <laughs> but um, here we go, straight from Comic Con this past week and this past weekend. Yeah, uh, it's announced that there's gonna be another Fantastic Four reboot. Uh, this time for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I can't wait for us to cover that because Nicole's going to hate it. Oh, yeah. And I really do hope we track down that unreleased 1980s Fantastic Four movie it's just to watch it because I feel like you have to. It's like a thing of legends, you know? Uh, and the other major announcement is that Daredevil has been picked up by Disney+, Plus, so that now qualifies as a revival so, also kind of looking forward to coming that on the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just say, Nicole's going to be miserable. She's going to be miserable. She's going to be absolutely miserable. She's going to hate it. No, I don't know. Daredevil's good. No, I know. Daredevil's great. Yeah. I really, I'm a big fan of, of, of the series. I feel like this series might woo her over. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, so those are the two major announcements. Um, I think I also saw maybe from Comic-Con was, the, or maybe it came out this weekend, but there was a trailer for... Interview with a Vampire. I think it's an AMC original. They had recently done uh, Black Narcissus, which was kind of 
middling at best. Uh, so let's see how this one turns out. But obviously, we'll be covering that one when it drops later this year. Um, I don't know anything, anything percolating, anything grabbing your attention, Eddie. Uh, no. Uh, now the new Black Panther movie that's coming out mm-hmm. is that almost. So that's, so you know how Mackenzie Green wants to cover that so, on the podcast. I think we'll do it just for Mackenzie Green, but I kind of think it qualifies because they have to shake things up to figure out what they're doing now that uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman passed away. So yeah, so uh, I I think that qualifies. I think they this is that's a. Uh, I mean, granted, it's part of the Avengers franchise, but it's uh it's definitely a film series that is going through the ringer because I don't think they're figuring out. And now I was watching on, I was reading on like salon that like, or somewhere that like, you know, fans quote unquote fans want Disney to recast the character, right. To recast T'Challa. And, uh, I think the, the headline was like, are these real fans or are these just guys who don't want to see a female centric story? Because I think, the new Wakanda Forever is going to be a lot more female led. Yeah, right? we have I mean, Angela Lansbury, Lansbury, Angela Bassett, Angela <laughs> <laughs> <To> Lansbury. <laughs> Nicole will be on the floor. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, I'm looking, f- I'm looking forward to that one and stuff. And uh, you know, there's going to be a short episode, guys, because mm, probably just going to focus on Obi Wan Kenobi. But real quick, Eddie. Have you seen anything good recently? Oh my god! Um, let me think. Let me. The answer is yes. We saw it together in the theaters with Nicole before she left to Disney. We saw that movie. Yeah. What was the name of the movie? Fuck you. It was Nope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nope. Uh, the Jordan Peele film. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was very good. Highly recommend. Yeah. Uh, I think. I think I rank it as my favorite Jordan Peele film so far. I don't, it's hard to say. Jordan Peele film so far. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was. I think it's his best work so far. I don't know. Where does it rank for you, Eddie? Uh, like I said. Um, well, you said this to me, but not on yes, the podcast. Yes, not on the podcast. Um, Get Out is my favorite um, because of the surprise factor, right, that presents it. Something was something unique and I was like not expecting it. And then, um, Nope. I was expecting a surprise factor. Mm-hmm. So right I now I get out and then it's, it's Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but, uh, very much in, enjoyed, uh, that movie very much. Yeah. Well, speaking of surprise factors, I don't think this was a surprise because there were so many whisperings for, this series for years leading up to its release, but Obi-Wan Kenobi premiered on Disney plus a few weeks ago. And, uh, I think it's, uh, sorry guys, like Nicole usually has all the facts and figures here. I do not have them with me because that's how your boy rolls here. But, uh, to my understanding, at least if I were to believe what I see on my YouTube feed and on, on Twitter, the, Reception, the fan reception for this show has kind of been mixed at best, which I kind of find surprising. So before we get right into it, let's talk a little bit about Star Wars history. Obviously, the original film came out in the 
1970s, I think, right? Yes, yes. Thank you. 1977. 1977. That's when the original Star Wars trilogy began with uh, Star Wars that would later get renamed Star Wars A New Hope. And uh, obviously, we... I, I feel like anyone who has even the most minuscule understanding of pop cultures knows how important this series is to pop culture in general. Uh, you know, it was followed up by Return of the Jedi. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes See, this, I'm sorry, guys. I am, like I said, a fair weather <laughs> Star Wars fan. Empire Strikes Back, that's the one that takes place on the ice planet, right? And he cuts open a... a at at <laughs> uh tom tom or a tom tom yeah i think you're something right like a tom tom yeah something like that so, okay yeah that uh, one it starts out in hoth yeah the planet hoth i only so i've only seen that film once uh i, I think i've only seen the next one also the third uh empire strikes no return of the jedi i think i've only seen that one once also and uh, yeah, they're fine. You know, I uh, the original one is great. I think the original one is good. The other ones are just like, eh, whatever. No offense, guys. Sorry. Uh, Eddie, your thoughts on the original trilogy? Oh, I, I love them all. I mean, I, I grew up with them. Um, I remember watching as a as a, um, a little boy, Return of the Jedi. I saw Return of the Jedi first. Uh huh. Uh, and not knowing nothing about like what what was watching, but totally fell in love uh, with the story, and then just saw all the movies several times, and and then later on I started reading the books that came out. Yeah, sorry guys, if you hear our dog, it's because for some reason he's decided I'm gonna play with all my toys today. He never does this when I'm working from home, but of course the moment we have the microphones on, he's just like the world needs to hear me. So sorry, Eddie. The dog interrupted you this time, not me. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I just became a fan of like the also the the book series that came out later, mm. Kevin Anderson and other authors that wrote kind of like the continuation, um, or fill in the the fill in the lost years, mm -hmm. so to speak, the in between years between um. Uh, the stories, the movies. Yeah, so it sounds like you were a, a Star Wars like deep cut fan, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like you... I had like encyclopedias uh -huh. devoted to like um, technology used in Star Wars, spaceship right. designs, and stuff like that. I'm def definitely big fan of like any Jedi lore. So yeah. I was used to read the comics, like the Old Republic comics, um, you know, Jedi's of the Old Republic, mm -hmm. and um, and then other comics that came out that kind of like started filling up kind of like the timeline. Right. So even stuff that happened in the comic books would sometimes be mentioned in books that came out later. They try to keep this kind of like continuity, continuity yeah. across the board. Interesting. And uh, when you heard, when did you first hear about the prequels coming out? Do you remember? I mean, I remember being excited about it. Uh -huh. I remember reading the story that, um, what was that Brad Pitt movie where he played the Grim Reaper? Is it Jack Meet Black? Joe Black. Mick Joe Black. Uh -huh. So it seemed that that movie was showing the preview to the oh, prequel. Okay. So people just bought tickets to see the the preview. Uh -huh. 
of the movie and then would walk out. Yeah, you not know, going to the movie. I can't judge not, people for that because before the internet, that's the thing. Yeah, like they would tell you it would leak what movie would have what trailer. So <clears throat> I remember for the Dark Knight, uh, I think it was attached to the Mission Impossible trailer, and I, I think I've said this on the podcast or I just revealed this to somebody. Oh, I think I revealed this to some friends over the weekend. Hey guys, if you're listening, uh, but. And I've only seen the original Mission Impossible. I've never seen the entire franchise. I really considered buying tickets to see the dark, to see the to see the Dark Knight trailer that was attached to one of the Mission Impossible movies when it came out. Uh, I didn't, but that's how that's how it was back in the day, right? Like I guess over ten years ago, uh, before you know they do same day drops on uh, on YouTube and stuff. But yeah, that's so funny. That's wild. Me, Joe Black. It's an interesting movie to attach to Star Wars. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so that was in 1999 when the Phantom Menace comes out. So even though these are Star Wars films and the original trilogy are overall important to the franchise, this episode is really going to focus more so on the prequel because I think it this is arguably a revival of the prequel trilogy, right? The Obi-Wan Kenobi show? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely um we continue with the story of of um where we where we have like see the story of the 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 man who will become Darth Vader mm-hmm. you know the jedi who would will fall to the dark side and become Darth Vader you can say Anakin i think it's okay okay right <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anakin Skywalker um yes. Yeah, so um, so you know, it just kind of just continues. I mean, th- th- this this is just like when we when we pick up with Ben Kenobi in this series. It's just been how long? Like five years? It has, has it been ten years or five? Ten years. It's been ten years. Ten years. Ten years. Ten years since. Yeah. Um, yeah since since the, yeah, that's right. The kids are ten years old. Yeah, since the ending uh, of Revenge of the yeah. Sith. Yeah, and then so and, and we get insight too now of. Luke and Leia as children. Right. So setting up ultimately the New Hope series, yeah. right? This is kind of falls right in the middle. Uh, so the sh- let's talk a little bit about the importance of the prequels, right? So Because I think I actually think the prequels hold more significance in the film community than it does necessarily in pop culture overall because I think the reception for the uh, – you know, prequel trilogy was mixed at best, right? Like, I think they got better as the films went along, but uh, let's be very honest. George Lucas is a little hammy with his dialogue writing. And uh, no offense to Hayden Christensen, but, like, he was kind of just a pretty face on camera, in my opinion. Uh, Obviously, so Hayden Christensen in the prequels plays Anakin Skywalker. He will go off to become uh, Darth Vader. We also have... Natalie Portman as uh, Amidala, Queen Amidala, Padme Amidala. I, I don't know how, how that works. And so she was a queen, but she's also a senator or something like that. And Ewan McGregor plays Obi-Wan Kenobi, who in this franchise is the one who Luke, who gives Luke his journey, right? I guess as you describe him, he's uh, the wise man. I don't know. How would you describe him in the character arc? He's a wise guy. Not wise guy, but the wise man. The one who sets Luke on his journey. Uh, but yeah, the, the reason I think the prequels are so important, The Phantom Menace, is because uh, The Phantom Menace, was, which came out in 1999, 
was filmed on film, right? And uh, George Lucas didn't like the way CGI looked with film, so he ended up pushing the industry towards digital. And the reason that's important, at least as a filmmaker, is because that helped democratize, democratize, democratize film as an industry in general, right? As we moved over into digital, suddenly film became much more accessible for everyone to 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 make, uh, myself included, right? I have digital cameras now as a result. So this is all thank you to George Lucas who pushed an industry to a, a new medium and stuff. And uh, I think if Nicole were here, she would give us a lot of pushback because digital doesn't look as good as film. And I actually agree with that. I think film looks significantly better, but... Eddie, you don't, you haven't studied film. Do you notice a difference? Yes, like, you can I, notice a difference. I, I can, I can notice the difference. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Do you like one over the other? Uh, for some things. Yeah, I think yeah, it's, for some things. I think, I think for, matters. for for grandiosa for 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 uh, scenes where you have to kind of take up the background. There's something uh, nice about digital being sharp and 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 being able to. Um, just have more clarity. Yeah. Um, things of, of, of things of just being just kind of like faded in the background. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I know what you mean. There's like a texture. There's like a graininess to film. Film, yeah. exactly, which can be in itself beautiful. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. Uh, did you see the prequels in theaters? Yes. So you were part of the, uh, uh you know, I think the. Yeah, the Phantom Menace took worldwide box office receipts of one billion dollars, over one billion dollars. It was one billion twenty-seven million forty-four. No, is that right? Yeah, one billion over one billion dollars. My goodness, over one billion dollars. Uh, and then Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith didn't perform as well worldwide. Attack of the Clones took in almost half of what the Phantom Man has brought in, which is that billion, right? So Attack of the Clones brought in worldwide $649 million. And Revenge of the Sith performed better, uh, bringing in $850 million, right? So again, interesting, right? Like why why did the second one do not as well? I think it's because Phantom Man has really did leave like a sour taste in people's mouth, didn't it? I mean, yeah. Think back to yeah. to to what it was when you watched it. Yeah, I struggled with all the things that they threw, um, the lore that they threw at us, um, the Metaclorians, um, the whole. I think what, um, the, the whole like strict rules of what what it is to be a Jedi, you mm-hmm. know, things you have to give up, um, how Jedi's are taken as as small as you know as basically babies almost. Uh, from their families to be trained and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Jar Jar Binks, mm-hmm. you know, which is supposed to be the comedy relief. The thing that attracts children became something. The character became very annoying. You know, um, I personally hated Anakin being called Annie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that so much. Uh, I just didn't. I just didn't like that. Um, and the whole thing of that, he was kind of like conceived without a father. Yes, it was a virgin yeah. birth. That's right. So that was another thing too. Like the force had gathered itself to conceive. So all these kind of things I felt was just like heavy and like ugh. Right. 
Yeah, so you were one of those fans that Yeah, I had I I had at that point consumed so much of Star Wars um and so much lore that it was like wait a minute, this I don't remember this or this is not matching up or you know, yeah, I was struggling with this continuity um f- feeling like it wasn't fitting the the idea of the continuity I had in my head. Yeah. Did you go see Attack of the Clones in theaters though? I yeah. saw all of them in theaters. Yeah. You saw all of them in theaters. Yeah, so did I. Uh, my father was a big, he was an avid Star Wars fan. He brought me along every time. Actually, uh, one of my bridesmaids, Amanda, he would drag her along too <laughs> because we hung out a lot. So he would pay for her ticket and bring her. And I will never forget how she told me how I hate sci-fi so much. I will do it because I love your father. <laughs> but like, mm. She hated sci-fi. She, oh I fell, I'm pretty sure she fell asleep. During Revenge of the Sith. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is arguably the best one, you know? Uh but I, I don't think she she cared for the lore. Uh yeah, which out of the prequels is your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Maybe you no, don't have a favorite. No, I don't have a favorite when it comes no. to the prequels. Yeah, I think mine is Revenge of the Sith. I think this Revenge mm. of the Sith Sith is arguably the best of yeah. the prequel trilogy. Uh but I don't know. I mean, as a kid, I was a kid when the Phantom Menace came out, right? And I was a fan of like the race scene. Like, I don't care what it meant to the series, but like, I don't know. It was cool, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so you know, mixed legacy, I would say. I think after the release of the Disney sequels, people have looked back at the prequels and kind of changed their views on it because, again. The sequels have left like a really bitter taste in like Star Wars fandom. And I don't understand because me, a Fairweather fan, I saw those sequels and I was just like, they're fine. I will watch them once or twice and never think about them again. But as I admit it, I did that with the original with the original Star Wars. So who am I to judge? Uh, Eddie, any thoughts on what I just said? No clapbacks? No, no clapbacks. I mean, is it uh, your opinion? But um. I yeah, I being one of those fans that just got um just turned off by Star Wars after that. After the after sequels? The, after the prequels. After the, after the prequels. Yeah. You were turned off by the prequels, okay. Yeah, after the prequels I was just like, mm, yeah, I, I didn't want to kind of like there was like no need for me to to delve in any further with the franchise. Yeah. Well, I took a break from the franchise, basically. Okay. That's what it is. Right. And I guess a little bit of story plot. I mean, the overall story of the prequels is how Anakin went from being the chosen one to Darth Vader, right? That's overall how you can summarize mm-hmm. the, the the prequel trilogy. Uh, and it's a story of love because he fell in love with a woman. Padme. Padme. And it was like a forbidden love for some reason because Jedi are supposed to be celibate. For some reason? Yeah, Jedi are not. Are I don't understand. What are they? Like priests? Oh. Uh, like, why Why make Jedi celibate? Like, what does that do? I'm sorry. I'm just like. Thinking. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm asking you. I, I, I'm asking I, you. I, I really the think it, it, is, it is to kind of li- uh, live the life. Excuse <coughs> me. Almost like almost monastic life where you it's like you just. Uh, devote your life to the study of the force, to being connected to the force, to the service of the force. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't want anything to interfere with, um, you know, interfere or bring about 
the emotions or passions that being in a relationship would bring or being or having these kind of relationships. You want to let go of all relationships, be uh, no ties. Okay. So you could be free in the force, so, so you, to speak. It just reminds me of that like kind of myth that they have for like sports players. You know how like sports players won't have sex before a big game? It's a myth. It doesn't do anything. Like it's just like I don't we're putting all these restrictions on our sexuality for 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 who? For the force? No thank you. If I were a Jedi that were yeah, so given the, that option, I, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. I, uh, I'm good. I don't um Yeah, so this is like this was also something like new for me because a lot of stuff that I've read uh from the from the comic books and from like even the later stories of like you know Luke finding love and having kids and mm-hmm. um, uh, Jedi's they got married. You got right. married. You had kids and you trained them in the Force too. They were je- uh, the Force sensitive. You would train them, and sometimes your your dad or your mom would be the one that would be training you in the beginning stage before another master took over mm. for whatever reason. And I have a question, right? And I don't. You may not have the answer, but maybe with all your deep knowledge, right? You do. Are the Sith? allowed to procreate um do siths bang so they uh no i mean um in in some of the books they have been relationships with with sith members people who have followed the sith i mean the problem with the sith i think is just at the end they look awful right yeah yeah so it's like (laughs) the when it seems right when from what the evidence that we have especially from the emperor is when you use so much of like the dark force, uh, the dark side of the force, uh, it changes you physically. It corrupts you. It 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 almost deter- it deteriorates you quickly. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that includes. No, I guess that's not including Darth Vader, because he was burnt alive at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. But yeah, yeah. But no, that that's it. So all right, so. Maybe the Sith have it right, right? If they're allowed to have relations and stuff, that's it. That's what would have cemented it for me if I was force sensitive. I'd be like, "Oh no, I'm going with the Sith." <laughs> because... Yeah, but it's it's more not, not to get all like geeky about this, but it's I mean, it's, it's, feel free. Nicole's there, there's here. there's more to it, you know. I mean, to be uh, mm-hmm. attracted to it, I mean, it has to. You have to call forth your anger. That's you know, it's it's a lot of anger my and, and hatred and. Um, you know, and, and to, to see the path of being like conquer and destruction. And so I forgot. So in school, when I was in high school, I don't know if it was after a shooting or if after, I don't think it was after nine eleven. but I remember one teacher, uh, it was after some big horrific event that happened in the country. And the teacher went to the beginning class. He's like, why do we will hate? Like, why do we hate is how we started off the class. And everyone was kind of quiet and, like, sullen because of what had just happened. And I was the only one who just raised my hand and said the answer, which is hate is so much easier than love. Yeah. And that is why we choose to hate. Yeah. Uh, which, again, just points. is just like, I feel like I would fall for the Sith. I would have been seduced. Yeah, by I mean, the I mean, the, the, they always say the path to the dark side is the easiest path. It's the least resistance, it's the right? The least resistance. Oh, yeah. It's, no, it's the it's one that so it entices, to, it draws you. Yeah. So f- to just get in your rage. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. The best feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So overall, but now in retrospect, are you a fan of the prequels or do you still like hold them as just like, eh? No. So I'll probably never watch the prequels. 
I'll never like revisit that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do see like maybe because now we're, we're, we have shows, um, that's coming on Disney plus, uh, the Mandalorian, uh, the book of Boba Fett. Now we have oh, Obi-Wan the- Kenobi. Uh, these things refer to, um, events that happened in the past. So of course he's like looking back at, at those, those moments kind of like, you know, like with the side, like almost like, uh, I'm not looking directly at it because I may not, uh, it's, it still irks me, but there's some things about this, uh, the story itself that I can appreciate. Right. Too. You know, cause it was, yeah, no. Yeah. I, I understand that. Um, were you, Excited when it was announced that it was going to be an Obi Wan Kenobi show. Yes, because of Ewan McGregor. Yeah, no, same. I, as someone who, again, fair weather fan, but I think they announced Obi Wan Kenobi officially after the success of the first season of The Mandalorian. Yeah. And that show, Mandalorian, the first season, was absolutely phenomenal, right? Yeah, so good. And kind of breathed new life into the Star Wars series yeah, yeah, after yeah, the sequels. Exactly. And uh, I was super excited. Uh, so let's get into a little bit of this history here. Uh, Mandalorian came out. Oh, I don't even know when the Mandalorian came out. But <laughs> uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi was announced after the success of the Mandalorian. It was mm-hmm. confirmed in August of 2019. And uh, production was scheduled to begin in July of 2020. But guess what happened? Pandemic. So things were put on a hold. Uh, I think they completed casting sometime in March of 2021. And began filming, and it wrapped 2021 of, uh, of of March, and now here we are almost a year later, and the show premiered in May 27th of 2022 on Disney+. Plus. It's a Disney Plus exclusive, and uh, it's a six-episode miniseries. I think they're calling it a miniseries because this is it. We're only getting the one season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. My guess is you can only afford Ewan McGregor for so, for so much, right? Um but part of me thinks that Ewan McGregor wanted to come back to kind of finish the story. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, this is just conjecture here, but I think he wanted to come back and kind of like say, it's just like, let, let the weight of Star Wars fall on my shoulders. They are on, on, on good hands here. Uh, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I, I mean, I'm so cocky. The version that I'm painting to Ian McGregor. I know. No, I just, <laughs> no, I, I was excited. I I um excited to get more of the Obi Wan Kenobi uh, character. Uh, we do see it. You, you do see more of it in the animated series, uh, the Clone Wars, and um, but this whole thing of kind of like the Obi Wan Kenobi that's like defeated. Yeah, he's had, like he's yeah, in hiding, like, hiding. Um, lost everything, um, and now I mean, and even the weight, the weight of guilt, of of losing uh, Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't forget um, that famous line. You know, um, you were like my brother, right? You know, and 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 that that moment where he basically leaves Anakin burning and walks away, which we will talk about because I think I, I, I have opinions on that at the end of this, by the end of the series. But, uh, 
Yeah, it's so interesting, right? Because you're right. They were, like, brothers in the series. I made jokes. It's just, like, they were in love with each other, but they weren't. They were... This was a very much a very platonic friendship and stuff. You can't make those gay innuendo jokes with them because I, I, I think they played it pretty heterosexual. And that's not a critique. That's just literally saying it. They played it very, very platonic. And it was kind of a nice friendship that they had. So I think... That's why I kind of do like the Revenge of the Sith because, like, the tragedy there that is of their friendship, what happens at the end of it, is, is sad. And, uh, well, not to spill tea, but, you know, I'm seeing that happen in real life to some friends and stuff. And it's it's heartbreaking when, when friends go separate paths and stuff and it seems like things can't be mended. So, yeah, I like that aspect. So, yeah, so you're right. So this show follows Obi-Wan Kenobi... 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, he's in hiding in Tatooine. We were nervous initially when the show, when the show was coming out because this came out after the book of Boba Fett, which after two episodes taking place on Tatooine, I was just like, just Oh get God, the hell out of Tatooine already. Yeah, it's, like, like, it's like, it's such a backwatered like planet. And it's like literally where everything seems to be happening too and i just feel like why live in a small village because those people those villagers <laughs> they just get just slaughtered it's like slaughtered it's just go to one of the major cities on, yeah. on coruscant and just like hide there but um it's uh yeah, I'm I'm tired of that desert planet already. Me too. Oh, so, me too. Even like the new video, that the game that that VR game that comes out, it's like the Tatooine. I'm like, uh, no, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm so done <laughs> with Tatooine. I'm just so done with that planet. Yeah, it's at little Tales of the Galaxy's Edge. I think. Yeah, it's a new VR yeah. Game, it's like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I like, like Disney. It's like so much out there so many planets well disney has invested heavily in disney world's galaxy's edge so they're just like you're gonna totally you're gonna gonna show this all the time because this is what we have in the theme park yeah (laughs) mickey mouse it is so true throws tantrums when we don't do Uh, but no yeah so it starts off at uh in tatooine but i was surprised that like the show kind of takes us kind of all over the galaxy for a little bit, right? Because what we weren't, what the show, I think the trailer led us to believe that this was going to be a Tatooine focused show because I think a lot of the trailer originally focused on the first episode. But it turns out the series actually focuses on this wonderful relationship between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia, which I thought was kind of sweet. I thought it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I really thought that it was going to be. Obi-Wan Kenobi creeping, stalking Luke Skywalker, right. uh, young young Sick. Skywalker, you know, like keeping an eye on him, waiting, like uh, like asking, has he showed any signs yet? It was going to be you, horse? but on Tatooine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, agreed. And I think the smartest thing they did was kind of give us a uh, an adventure story that I was not expecting, which is... Obi-Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia. Now, this young actress who played Princess Leia, I thought she was great. She was lovely, played by Vivian Lyra Blair. Uh, yeah, she was. I thought she was. She, she. I don't know. She was so sassy. No, yeah, no. I wouldn't even use the word sassy. I would use like, yeah, just 
courageous and um but she moments of she defiant people was yes she was very moments of defiant um i really the embodied of the characteristics that we see in the princess leia of the new hope right so, so the story is that Prince Leia gets kidnapped by Inquisitors who are like force sensitive, not Sith, but they work for the dark. They work for the Empire. Sorry, guys, <laughs> for my bad explanation. But again, I'm not the deepest in Star Wars uh, lore here. Uh, and uh, she gets kidnapped. So leia's adopted father played by jimmy smith jimmy smith thank you he asks obi-wan to intervene so obi-wan goes on this adventure trying to rescue her and that takes them all around the galaxy and uh they're being really chased by this new character reva she is a inquisitor trying to become the grand inquisitor you know in charge of all the bad guys and uh Spoiler alert, guys. This is a show that came out a month ago, so a lot of you guys probably have watched, but just spoiler alerts ahead. Reva turns out to have one of the biggest twists of the show. Uh, Eddie, do you want to elaborate, or do you want me to... Well, I mean, there there is first the obsession of tracking down Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yes. At all costs, really, like, obsessions. Because the the Inquisitors are hunting down Force-sensitive people, as well as remnants of the Jedi Order. Mm -hmm. So you have people that did survive the initial wave of Order 66, and there are Jedis living and hiding, um, you know, but... Like they say, one of the Jedi's greatest gifts can also be their greatest weakness is their their compassion. So when they see people in trouble, they, they intervene. They intervene and they protectors of the innocent. And and that ends up being um, what gets them caught right by the Inquisitors and um, by the Republic and and they get killed. So this is what's been going on is that. Um, these last 10 years, um, the Empire has been hunting down not only Jedi, but any Force-sensitive individual, uh, children, adults, just being just wiped out. Um, and you have these Jedis in hiding. So, you, you mean, you have this crazy scene, which is so sad, where Obi-Wan Kenobi runs into one of these Jedis that recognizes him. And he's basically saying he's on the run. He's like, ask for help. And Obi-Wan Kenobi says, just get the hell out of here. Just get out. I can't help you. Because my, you know, because obviously his responsibility is to make sure that Luke is okay. He doesn't want to do, he doesn't want to do anything to bring any attention to Luke. Yeah, I know. It's so you annoying. Know? It's like totally it's that. And later on, you know, spoilers, um, that Jedi um, is found dead. Right. So, um, you know, so you have that going on, and and Reva has this thing that we need to find uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, Kenobi uh, General Kenobi. Uh, but there's even more to this because we learned that Reva was one of the younglings that had survived the initial attack in the temple. Mm-hmm. So when Anakin Skywalker came in as now the newly Darth Vader, and he was killing younglings. Um, in the temple, she was one that was able to, um, had survived the attack. And one of the things that she said is that I played dead and I put the bodies of my friends on top of me and I felt them go cold, which is eerily reminiscent of not to get political, but I think that's just 
something that like parents are teaching their kids now in school is just like in the event of a mass shooting, play dead. Well, I mean, I know in the latest shootings, that was one of the girls, <sighs> one of the students had said that. that in, that's what I think they you're did. right. I think it was in Uvalde. Yeah. Horrifying, right? Yeah. Like, it's absolutely despicable that that's what's happening in real life. But yeah, so Riva turns out to be a youngling. I think the biggest twist, though, is that Riva's desires to be Darth Vader's right hand man, because, right, she's hunting Obi Wan Kenobi on, Obi- on uh, Darth Vader's behalf. It's revealed that the reason she's doing all this is because she is out for blood. She wants to kill Darth Vader. She wants to kill Anakin Skywalker for what he did to the younglings and stuff. And I. This was kind of the turning point for me for the series because I was just like, oh, this is – she became so fascinating to me by that point. Yeah. She was already, like, yeah. an interesting character by, by, you know, by all respects. But giving her the lust of revenge kind of made her motivation – her motive seem clearer by – and this was revealed by the second to last episode. So, yeah, I, Riva was a new character. She played uh, – uh, I'm sorry. She was the – I think I said third sister, but I think she was – a. What, what sister was she? Hang on. Let me see. Is uh, it the third one? Was it second? Maybe she was second sister. Yeah, a third sister. You're right. She was third sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, she was a fascinating character. There was, in that penultimate episode, there was like backstabbing upon backstabbing upon backstabbing that it kind of became a little hard to track. I think the writers got lost in the weeds in the final episode because her motives then for the final episode were a little bit clunky. I think because she goes off to Tatooine to kill Luke Skywalker for some reason. I think it was just to just her Anakin Skywalker, but he didn't know Luke Skywalker was a baby. So, you know, what I mean, yeah, yeah, he, he, uh, you know, as we know here that um, so we have Leia and Luke separated are in hiding. These are Anakin Skywalker's kids. He doesn't know that they exist because his thought was that. When uh, Padaway died, she died uh, giving she birth. Was, giving, no, she, she didn't give birth. That she oh. she didn't bring the kids to term. She had died with oh with the really kids good. in the okay. womb. So that's why they have her a full belly in her casket. Oh, I see. Oh, like, you know, I never she, realized. Yeah, that. yeah. She, and that's she, so funny. Okay. And her and the way her hands are positioned, kind of over her belly. Hmm. Yeah. But she did give birth. So how do they do that? Do they put like something? I'm just yeah, babe, I guess so that's not my <laughs> not my expertise, but I'm assuming that they yeah. So anyway, so yeah, so she uh, so Riva was hunting down uh, Luke Skywalker to kill him, but that plan made no sense. I understand on some level, I understand she's just trying to hurt Anakin Skywalker, but again, he didn't know that this was his child. So what I, was, she, I, what was she gonna do? Deliver the message, being like, yeah, "I killed the, your the, baby." This I felt like this was. Had, I felt like she. It's true. I don't know what happened. I feel like I blinked, and this motivation, this her, that motivation, mm-hmm. um, just went over my head. I didn't know like specifically why. I mean, it, I, I mean, some of the, some of the uh, people's commentaries have been oh, because she knew that Ben Kenobi had some connection with this child. That uh-huh. there was a is a person of interest in Ben Kenobi's life. So that's why she wanted to kill Luke to hurt Ben. But Ben wasn't. <laughs> but Ben had nothing to do with her fall downfall. You know what I mean? Like he was. I mean, I, I don't know that. Uh, yeah, it gets all convoluted it gets there a convoluted because, because, it's, because it's, it's, it's like a game of chess. It's trying to be yeah. very Game of Thronesy, and then it's like it's. 
you know, it's like her like recognizing I can't do this. I can't be this person that kills a kid. Well, that's kind of what pissed you me know. off because I'm just like, you're already here. Like, you what know. do you have to lose, Riva, at this point? Oh. <laughs> you know? That is a soft spot. Which, and then that becomes her, uh, you know, her redemption. Her redemption journey story. from yeah. there. I mean, I would love to see more Riva. I, I can forgive that last episode, but because I think she was, I thought she was a fascinating character, especially when it was revealed that she is trying to just kill Darth Vader. Just, I don't know, like... I love a good revenge story, right? Like, revenge is one of my favorite series, despite how bad it got towards the end. So, like, you give me a good revenge tale, and I'm, I'm all for it. Kill Bill, right? Is another good one. Um, that's what they should do. They should make a Reva, like, a Kill Bill type thing. She's on her way trying to kill Darth Vader, killing people one by one. No? You want to watch this? I would. Anyway. Uh, but, yeah. that's And this is the last thing I wanted to say about... Uh, well, this brought up an interesting point, which is this is my problem with prequels in general. I feel like there's certain points where I know who's going to survive, so it's just like I'm watching it, but I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like there's no stakes. Yeah. Right? Like, I know Luke isn't going to get hurt. There's a big epic fight between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is what the audience has wanted, myself included. And I wasn't worried for either of them because I knew deep down it's just like they're both going to survive because we know they need to get to a new hope right so that would be my only qualm major qualm about the show but that's not really the show's fault so um (laughs) that's just lazy right not not lazy that's just lazy franchising no not per se well I, I believe it this way I yeah so it's like what stakes are there if we kind of know the end story because we, we meet the character at, at a later point in their lives, mm-hmm. and now we get to see their past, right? So it's it's now here about the journey. And this is the tricky thing about using these legacy characters. And I don't, and I don't mean legacy the way Disney is using legacy. Um, but mean like major characters? Like major yeah. characters that we have, like, we have, like, their story, you know, um, especially their end story. Um right. So you have these characters now where they're now we have to like see their past and they're going to have all these moments. And it's like, you know, um, we're saying we're more seeing how those moments are going to shape the characters to who they are, who they're going to become later on. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of being like, oh, I, w- I wonder if Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to is going to make it this time. Right. You know, but it, it's about like what ends up. What what transpired to, what transpired that Obi Wan Kenobi ends up being this old, kind of like crotchety, crotchety. No one say crotch, but also um, hopeless when it come when it came to Anakin when it came to mm, okay uh, to that point. I mean, and we see the scene. We see the scene in in Obi Wan Kenobi where they're fighting, and and he's like. You know, he's not going to kill him. He's defeated him, but he's not going to kill him. And he's like, mm-hmm. Anik, you know, his half his uh, half his mass is broken. And he's like, Anakin, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything. Right. And and Darth Vader's like, you, you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I killed Anakin Skywalker. And I had. 
I know, but an issue with this one. So let me just issue. hang on, let me because the podcast isn't hurting. But my only issue with that is that it does absolve Obi Wan Kenobi of some responsibility that he did have but would, for his actions but, in Revenge of the Sith. He left his friend there to burn. <laughs> well, he left. I mean, but and to die. You know what I mean? There were. I we have like, to have. We have to realize that he warned him. He warned him when they were fighting. He says, I have the high ground. Okay, don't do this. Don't do this. And Anakin, in his anger, does it. And then we find himself in this situation here. Um, and these are the choices that he's made. These are the consequences for the choices they made. And th there are two things that are, are happening here. One, I don't think he's absolving Obi-Wan of it, of his... Um, saying like hey no i forgive you don't worry about it. it's not your fault i think he's saying no 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 you don't get to take credit for oh. the man that i become i see i did this that does become darker i did this <laughs> that uh yeah fine that's you know, fair so that that is actually the dark vader that i know and love <laughs> the one it's like you have you you have no power over me yeah, I do love a good dramatic Darth Vader. Like Darth Vader is all about the drama. I remember when Rogue One came out, like some of my friends were like angry with that portrayal of Darth Vader because he made puns and he he was uh uh I don't know, dramatic to say the least, but like Darth Vader has always been dramatic, right? Like he wears a flowing flowing black cape. He went, How do you not be dramatic? <laughs> but How do you just... not walk in the room swinging that cape? But not just that. There's also the moment in uh, he literally where he, he literally in a team meeting almost killed a man. Well, yeah, but I, I was thinking more so where he sets up a whole dinner for for oh, yeah. Han Solo yeah, and Leia. Yeah. Like that. That was one of the biggest dramatic moments. The other so big dramatic good. moment, it actually also came from Rogue One, is where he turns off his life support so he could be in total darkness. To then scare, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the, like, the, almost the, like holding, the rebels. He's like holding his breath, for right, effect. just for the effect. It's yeah. just like the, yeah. Darth Vader. Yeah. And on top of that, he lives on the planet where he was created, where he yeah, burned. He burned. You know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. So, but he had the traumatic experience. Darth Vader has always been about the theatrics like and the drama. Uh, so yeah, that, that's all I wanted to say about Darth Vader, who I do like. I we I forgot to mention, but yeah, Hayden Christensen returns to play. Darth Vader. I think he was actually in costume. Don't quote me on that, guys, but I think he <laughs> was in costume. Like when you're seeing Darth Vader on set, is and it's 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 Hayden Christensen. Mm. Uh, and a, according to, I, I think it was Ewan McGregor. He said that like the entire crew was so excited that people who weren't scheduled to be there came that day to see Hayden Christensen on set as Darth Vader. Uh, and I actually thought he was good fine you know for the few parts we saw him i think he redeemed himself <laughs> for some of the bad acting that was in the prequel trilogy true or false no i enjoyed yeah the yeah, scenes good. i actually also enjoyed the 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 scene that they had in one of the episodes where it was a flashback scene and uh they're fighting in the they're fighting the they're training and they're cgi to look younger but i thought the cgi was well done like i didn't take issue sometimes i do take issue mm -hmm. they're still at an age where like all you're really doing is just kind of like just retexturing, yeah, touch like they're touch minor touch-ups. I mean, so. I, you mean, you, I well, feel you like McGregor probably had a little bit more. Yeah, but no, I no, he, I, I feel like he's, uh, I don't know, he's, I feel like he's aged well. Oh no, yeah, he's, he's aged, aged very well, very very well. I think he's, he's well. very very handsome. I just don't like 
<laughs> the the pretty hair that they put on him in the those in, yeah like the very flashback <laughs> um, like really super conditioned super styled flowing hair but his hair was always like that though in the series I know which <laughs> I hate it <laughs> but I mean in, in the Obi-Wan it's like all messy but right. which I like which I prefer he's um, like a rugged man no, but I, I seriously enjoyed this. I seriously enjoyed the relationship that he develops uh, with young Leia. Yeah. Same. Uh, it's so funny when he's one of the ones that, uh, okay, our backstory is that, uh, you know. We're, we're farmers. Uh, we're farmers and Tawan. I'm your father. And she goes under her breath, more like my grandfather. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I meant about her <laughs> sassiness. She was like, <laughs> and it's like, every, she's like, what are those? She calls them out. Like, ever since I met you, I've just been shot at. I've fallen from a building. People are hunting me down. Yeah. So. I love a good father or surrogate father daughter yeah, story. Yeah. Like, like The Last like, of Us. Like a Logan. Logan, yeah, yeah. Like, great so, example, yeah. right? Like I, so this kind of just that chemistry, that. it just, yeah. it just, it works. Yeah, it's you a know, it just, great it, formula. It worked, and it's it's and it. Um, the great thing is, it it gives us the opportunity, you know, because here he's overseeing, uh, keeping an eye, you know, like, like, if if I'm a hunt, like, correct me wrong, like he's there, he's looking out for Luke. And then the opportunity of one day he's going to train Luke Mm -hmm. to defeat his dad for like a day, you know, is he, but like the idea was because it's, he was there. He was planning to stay there and stay put to train Luke for, to train Luke for one day. Uh, not for one day, but one day he will train Luke. (laughs) One day he will train Luke. And then, so, so, uh, so that's the idea. Train him to defeat Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. That was the what was the goal here? Like I'm gonna train you so you can bring down your dad. Basically, yeah. And then we have Leia here. Um, who's arguably stronger? Yeah, at I, her age I, than Luke like very was. much. Um, she's more attuned with the force. Oh, I, I don't know. At least she's that, not attuned, she, but like she has the inkling. She definitely is a leader. Right. She yes. definitely is a leader. Um, she definitely is. She has the things that would make uh a rebellion leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was rebellious as like her, you know, as part of her royalty duties, you know, the way she didn't want to be. She's always playing these jokes, running away, you know, um, in the palace forest and stuff like that. Um, that one thing is that when her, when they're at this dinner party that she has to go to this cocktail hour and um, her, her cousin makes this like, Remark how droids are like lower class life oh, I mean, forms. Robots. I don't understand yeah. why the, everything so, about droids annoys me because it's just like, why do we treat them like people? Okay, which what she said, and then she comes slaps slaps back on him. Which is All funny right. because that carries over into how I play Dungeons and Dragons when there's Warforged involved. Because I don't. It's just like you're not real. Yeah, yeah. You are. You're just sentient machine. Yeah. So <laughs> I would be the first one to be dead if uh, there was a robot uprising. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Like I would definitely. be and I, and tried I think, for hate crimes. And I don't think by robots. I think by fellow humans. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I really do. Uh, I have a question for you, right? I was thinking about this as the series was progressing, and this is how I want to just wrap up the show. But do you think it potentially? I don't know how old Umar McGregor is. Let's say he's in his early fifties, right? He has to be. I know he looks great, but like he has to be in his early fifties. Uh, do you think that there's a potential that like 
let's say maybe let's add another 15 20 years from now they'll remake the original star wars series maybe not as a movies but as like a tv a show, TV show. Like expand upon TV the original show. one do you th- and you mcgregor will return as obi-wan kenobi yeah you Why think not? there's a possibility? Yeah. I thought so too. It's, I was just like, I, I was feel like, like, I know Disney. Oh my god, Disney will do this. This is. Uh, I mean, this is the future of media. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you think about like, just really like think about it this way. It's like, okay, so we live in a world now where we have the revi- revi- Once again, this franchise has revised itself. Like it's it's come mm-hmm. back um, in these programs. These yeah. TV programs, right? Um, so we have that, and then movies that we had for a little while. Um, we have that. We 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 live in a world where Sarah Michelle Geller is going to come back as um, she is going to come as well. She's work. She's working in that whole the new um, Teen, oh, Wolf Teen Wolf. Uh, you show. got me. You got me no, so no, pumped no, up. I know. Like, I know. Buffy. No, no, no. Whoa, why, Buffy. This should but be the breaking like, news for the beginning of the episode. In the sense of like. Where if we can't get the individual playing, getting the individual back in that kind of the feel of the role, the feel of that world mm-hmm. is exciting. Yeah, yeah. Too. So So then but did that so did you have that thought while you were watching the show like I did, or did you think about that? I don't I'm not as thinking I'm about like, it all the way out of the head. I'm not I'm not there, like thinking so much. I was thinking you not, know, so not, and I wanna say future, not a, but, uh, is this not a desire? I'm just saying it's just like Disney. No. I'm, I mean, like, I'm sure I, I Disney's seeing see how the show's performing and being like, okay, let's green light in 15, <laughs> in 15 years to 20 years the remake of the Star Wars as a TV show. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That might be that might be better. I feel like hopefully by then like the angry original fans are dead so I don't have to hear them complain about it. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, because let's be real. I mean, we were literally doing research for this episode, and on YouTube, there is the first video that shows up when you Google Obi Wan Kenobi was this angry white man complaining about like how Disney is too woke and ruining Star Wars because Obi Wan Kenobi might be bisexual, which I don't believe for one second. Obi Wan Kenobi is very, very much asexual. There's like literal no sexual magnetism this man has. Uh, physically yes, but like I meant, like the character himself is just like ill. He's so fucking whack. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I feel like no woman in the Star Wars universe looks at him and has an iota of moisture in her nether regions. Oh my regions. god! All right, let's go. Move on. <laughs> so anyway, on. Eddie, do you think this yes revival was needed? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. You so no, yeah. and, and as and once again, I hate that question. I don't think anything is needed. Um, oh my god this, it's our question i know but i think we need to come up with a better question uh do we want this you know did, did you, you yeah did you want, want it? this yeah i wanted it i, I kind of wanted to explore um this this particular character this particular time i think there's so much so much more they can do i feel like it's so it, it ends up being so um so limited um, but, but think about this. It's like, literally there's an organization that, you know, we get to, you know, that we saw that that's helping force sensitive and Jedi, you know, get out of, get out of like whatever situation they're in, get them new identities and, you know, protect them. 
you which know. I, which I wonder mm. if it'll tie into that video game that I was playing. Yeah. Uh, Dark New Order. Uh, Star. It's a Star Wars game, guys. Uh, Star Wars. Fallen Order. The Fallen Order. Yeah. Uh, and a, a new a sequel is coming out rather soon, I think. For is it called Survivors? Oh, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I think it's called Survivors. <laughs> it's a game series that so I it's called enjoyed. Fallen Order Survivors. Oh, Fallen Order Survivors. I think okay, that's got what it's it. called. All right, there you go. But I, I, so I wonder if there's going to be a connection there because like well, the, the, so like they're that. All canon. So you you have that's going on. You have Jedi, Jedi and Force sensitive people that are in hiding. You have the beginnings of the rebellion forming. Mm-hmm. Um. So th- those things are just like, um, I think fascinating. It'll be fun to kind of explore that. Yes. Speaking of more exploration for the Star Wars universe, you know, the next coming show is the Rogue One prequel, right? Starring Diego Luna. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that one's also coming out pretty soon. Uh, I guess technically that also might qualify. <laughs> Nicole will probably say no. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, no more Disney properties. And as she's going to enjoy Disney World, yeah, the irony, right? Uh, but I, uh, yeah, I, I think on some level maybe we should like tone back on on how much Disney we consume. But you know what? Disney is basically our leader. <laughs> they own us so much IP. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought the show was I thought the show was fun to watch. I actually enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it did because Mandalorian great, but the Book of Boba Fett was such a letdown. I stopped watching it. So I kind of assumed it's just like, obviously, this can go either way. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very happy to say it's just like, oh, this this show was was a fun, fun watch. So I recommend it if you guys haven't seen it, but you most likely have because I think it's one of the more watched Disney Plus shows. So if you've let us if you watched it, please let us know what you think. Hit us up on Instagram at Remakes Reboots Revivals. We're also on Facebook, Remakes Reboots Revivals. And you can also slide into our Twitter DMs, twitter.com slash Remakes Podcast. And send us an email. We love hearing from you guys. Uh, We have a few frequent writers who love to praise me, which I always am here for, except when those writers who have praised me decide to like go against me for one time. And I'm just like, why? Why would you hurt me? So uh, you guys know who you are. Uh, but you can email us. Our email is remakesrebootsrevivals at gmail.com. And we also have a hotline where you guys can leave a voicemail. That number is 862-248-2326. That's 862-248-2326. You can't see this, but I didn't look anywhere to read that number. That's all from memory. It only took two years. <laughs> um Eddie, anything you want to say before we wrap it up? Nope. No? You, you, you're you content? I am content. All right. I am content as well. So with that said, guys, have a good one. And until next time, stay, stay in original. original.